Welcome back to Her Daily Drive, a podcast series designed to inspire women to find their daily drive in Jesus. Hear a range of testimonies and conversations with women of all ages about their journey, the struggles and the triumphs. I'm your host, Sarah, and I hope today's episode encourages you. Let's get started. In today's episode, we're going to be speaking to Wilma. Wilma has been in ministry for over 50 years, was a missionary in Ethiopia for many years, and currently is the director of healing rooms on the Gold Coast with her husband. Wilma has a heart for people to learn how to pray so they can reach their full potential in God. So welcome, Wilma. Thanks, Sarah. It's so lovely to be with you. Can you tell us three things that you're loving lately? Oh, I'm loving my husband. It's our 50th wedding anniversary next month. I love being in ministry. I just enjoy seeing people set free. And most of all, I love Jesus. Before we start the podcast today and get into the topic you're going to discuss, can you share a bit about your journey with us? Yeah, actually it started when I was 16 years of age, after I came to know Jesus. The Lord spoke to me and he told me that I would do three years of nursing, a year of general nursing, then a year of midwifery, a year of practicing midwifery, two years of Bible school, and then I'd get married and go and be a missionary in Ethiopia. And that's exactly what happened. But my husband, Bill, he was in Ethiopia for five years. He came home from um, Ethiopia after five years on what they called deputation back in those years. And he felt God was had him to have a wife for him when he came home because he wasn't married. And so he stopped off in Singapore and he bought the wedding ring and an engagement ring by faith he had enough money to buy a watch and that when he got back on the boat in those days we used to travel by boat when he got back on the boat he looked at the watch and the name of the watch was Rebecca and on the boat God spoke to him and said as it was with Rebecca so it will be with you without a long story that's exactly what happened when he got home he said Lord where is my Rebecca he opened the Bible and there was this verse in the Bible that says she is in the college so he went back to the college where he did his training he asked as he was going to the college he said lord let her be the first one i meet and i was the first one he met and so then we just um it it was a story from there on it was just a typical story of the rebecca story it was such a a beautiful thing how god brought us together yeah that is really cool yeah and so we've enjoyed really 50 years of ministry together and just loved every minute what topic are you going to share with us today i'm going to share with you how to abide in christ So good. I actually can't wait to hear this. Why is this such an important topic in today's society? Well, we live, Sarah, in such a stressful society, don't we? And if only we could just grasp what it really meant to abide in God's presence or in Jesus' presence, we would be free from worry and anxiety and fear. Because I've discovered, what does it mean to abide in God's love or in God, in, in God, as it word says? And I've discovered that it's really abiding in his presence. Mm. And in his presence, there's peace. I thought, wow, that means we don't have to have any stress, confusion or turmoil because Jesus doesn't have any. And then in his presence, there's joy. There's no sadness, no regret, no disappointment because in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And then in his presence, there's love. So we don't have to have condemnation or guilt. We have total acceptance. How good is that? So John's gospel tells us about it in chapter 15, verse 7. It says, If you remain in me, or in some translations says abide in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it shall be done to you. So according to this Bible verse, God has promised to meet our needs when we trust in his word and remain in his presence. 
Wilma, what is your experience with learning to abide in God's love? Well, I was able to put this into practice this last couple of weeks, Sarah. While I was making the beds, I twisted my back and caused the disc to slip and damaging the nerves. It was so painful I couldn't sit and it was even hurtful to walk or stand or lie down. So I was in two days of really bad pain. And after that, I decided to change my focus. I started to look at this verse thinking, well, what does it mean to abide in God's presence? If he said I can ask what I will and it will be done to me I thought wow that's a great promise so I decided to change my focus to focus on the presence of God several times a day I would pray Jesus I love you so much thank you for your abiding presence and for dying for my healing in a way I was becoming aware of his presence and standing on the word as John fifteen seven tells us to by the end of the day I could sit and the pain had gone from 10 out of 10 to 2 out of 10 and then the next day God put it into my heart to go to a certain person to get it adjusted and so I proved how much God's presence is just a power mm. you know it's a weapon that we have it's really great then while we were in missionaries in Ethiopia we had many occasions to practice the presence of God and stand on his promises in the word of God one time when I was riding a mule lost in Ethiopia and that's another story (laughs) it was very dark one of those pitch black nights it wasn't you couldn't even see the stars it was Mm. so pitch black but I was alone and I didn't even have the language at that stage I was alone in Ethiopia and there's not as if there's anybody around because the hyenas are really bad and what they do is they bring all the animals into the into their houses to protect them from the hyenas but I heard the hyenas was were coming around me and they were howling and I was was lost. I thought to myself, Father, your word says that when I fear, your perfect love drives out all fear in 1 John 4, 18. So I called out to his loving presence for help. And God in his love, he sent an angel. I'm sure it was an angel. I didn't really see it. But the mule stopped still like that. Wouldn't go. And if you know anything about mules, they can be very stubborn. So I did everything to make it go, but it wouldn't go. So I took my hands off the reins and let the mule just turn around. By itself, it just turned around and it took me back on another path to the right path and took me home. And then there was a time when Bill and I first arrived in Ethiopia. It was a very isolated station. We were five days from a trek from a road and the only way into the station was by aeroplane that we'd built an airstrip. So Bill was really sick with glandular fever. We were only married a short time and... He had glandular fever and then he got malaria. On my way to Ethiopia, I picked up a bug. It became a urinary tract infection, which resulted in an ulcer in the bladder. And according to the doctor at that stage, he said, there's no treatment for it. He said, you'd have to have your bladder out and um, have a bag for the rest of your life. We just got really discouraged thinking after six weeks on the mission station, Lord, this looks like as if we have to go home. It's all over for us. What we did was we called out to God's presence again and we stood on Psalm 1611. It said, In your presence is fullness of joy. And we proved how God can change our mourning into dancing when he healed me miraculously. The doctor said when I went back for another examination, he said, It's not even a mark, not even a scar. And then he gave Bill a dream when we were actually at our lowest point of thousands coming to Christ. We were in an area that was unreached for the gospel. We were able to put in a Bible school and see 250 churches Mm. established with thousands came to Christ. And that's that's why we're so passionate about prayer because we saw that they came to the Lord through prayer. That was the secret. We went into this area which was totally unevangelized. I'm talking five days now from our station 
further inland. So now we are 10 days from a road. When we first went into this area, the witch doctors were running pretty well the area. Was, they worshipped Satan. In three months, 34 witch doctors came to the Lord and people were healed and they saw the power of God at work. And so we were able to establish in that area 12 churches and we built an airstrip. And so the idea was to go out there and have a conference, right? I would do the medical work and Bill would run the conference. So we took our two children, one was two and one was four. We got off the plane. They surrounded us and told us that the raiders were coming from over the over the way to kill them and to take their cattle. We had no phones, we had no communication and no one knew where we were and yet we had to face this weekend and the conference with the children and with the uh, the people who were just preparing to die. And so we assured them of, of their salvation and, and just went ahead with the conference. But what was really hard one night was we put up a tent for us to stay in. You know, everybody was nervous and worried. You know, the raiders could come any time, but we woke up in the morning and our youngest, she was two, wasn't there. Oh, the feeling, the gut feeling you had. So we went out and outside she crawled underneath the tent where she was sleeping in the dew with this great long grass. It was very, you know, very isolated and like you had really tall grass, like that's where they had boas constrictors and lions and wild animals out there. I mean, we were really in the wild. Mm-hmm. And to see our little girl out there, that was, oh, the relief, you know, idea. And then to be able to get back on that plane and get back. And we proved again. Philippians 4, 7, it says that we can have peace. The peace is that passes understanding. And I can say that God gave us peace that weekend, even though it was stressful, it was it was a time to really prove him but the peace of God came and surrounded us in that time before we finish today do you have any final words of encouragement for our listeners God loves you so much and he wants to give you his love and peace and joy so instead Mm -hmm. of focusing on your problem let me encourage you to declare the word of God and become aware of the presence of King Jesus and his power to meet your need so you might be asking How do I become aware of God's love and presence? Well, I want you to picture a floor, maybe your house or your home. Often when we come to know Jesus, we ask him to come into our heart, don't we? And it's like as if we ask him to come into the, open the front door and allow him to come into the home. But do you know there's other doors, there's other areas and rooms in the home that we perhaps haven't invited him into, like into your bedroom, into your children's room. You know, some people just fret when things don't go right with their children, into the living room, into where the TV is, into the kitchen, even just to be able to have the peace of God, you know, with the mundane things Mm. of cooking. And And your office and workspace. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, Jesus wants to be part of not just inside the front door. He wants to be in part of all of our lives. Mm. He wants to be enjoy everything. I was reading this morning in the Word of God. It says we're to love the Lord with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength. And this is the way we do it. We hand over to God. And, you know, like if you invite somebody in that you're in love with and at least leave them at the front door, mm-hmm. you know, it's you wouldn't do that. Mm. You would want them to come in and let's show them your house and this is where I live. And, you know, you just want to, to really just relax with them and come in and enjoy their place. That's the same with the Lord. It's like, I want to come in and enjoy your life. I want to be part of every area of your life. And so it reminded me of when we went to England, we went to see John Wesley's, where he was brought up in his Mm. home. And we went to see their little kitchen. It wasn't big, but his mother had nine children. And the way she did it, because she was so busy, I saw there was a chair there in the corner several times a day. 
she would go and sit on that chair and put her apron over her head and that was her time with the Lord. And, you know, we can be so busy. Life can just be consuming and we can just not remain in the presence of God. Mm. And so the joy and the peace and the love just leak away, just Mm. move off, go somewhere else. And so I just encourage you, look, you do have times, you know, if you're driving along the road. Well, what about a stoplight? Just mm. welcome, welcome Jesus' presence. Just say, thank you, Jesus, for your presence right now. And start just dwelling on a scripture. You might find that your children are stressing or making you stress. Just say, Lord, your word says to be anxious for nothing, but for everything by prayer and supplication. Just let our request be made known to you. So I'm letting you know, Father, that I'm stressed today. So would you just take it and give me your peace? And so that was just an example of how we can really just stay in his presence. So let me just remind you what Jesus said. He said, if you remain in me, that's in my presence, and my word remains in you, ask what you want and it will be done for you. What an amazing promise, Sarah. So amazing. Wilma, thank you so much for joining us today on her daily drive. It's great to be reminded of the importance of us abiding in God's love. You're welcome. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Her Daily Drive. Until next time, I hope you have a wonderful week.